0: Well, Valentine's Day is this week, so we are talking about marriage. We're gonna get practical, talk about things like communication and money and sharing responsibilities, all that stuff. I Hopefully, it will be helpful to you, so stick around welcome to sage reverie a podcast where we seek to live well and live wisely i'm mike wilson and i'm wes smith we live in the great state of wyoming and each week from a biblical perspective we discuss a trending topic and what others are saying about it if you're using these episodes for your group there are discussion questions in the description and for more information about our ministry visit church307.com wes how long have you guys been married man that's been a long time i think we're at 28 years now okay i was gonna yeah. see how long it took you to come up with that number. yeah
1: right uh, i have no idea honestly. i believe 28 28 years so we're on our 29th
0: i guess yeah. it would be yeah i think we're at 16 so yeah newbie right <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh so i feel like when most people talk about marriage tips one of the first things they talk about is communication and i saw this video that has some of the most significant here are the three reasons I divorced my, my wife. So I it was Number Jay one, when I informed her that our neighbor died, she said, hooray. Not appropriate to cheer at that moment. Number two, when I told her my favorite month was coming up, she said, why'd you lie? I didn't. Number three, when my dad passed away, he was at the hospital. I couldn't make it before his death. And when I got there, she told me that the doctor said that my dad was pronounced dead. There's no way I've been mispronouncing it my entire life. But she kept defending the doctor. And you know what? To be fair, I should have known the first time I asked her out. I was like, you want to grab some drinks? And she said, how about 10 tomorrow? That's way too many. <laughs> oh, that makes me want to grow out a mullet. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like communication is one of the things that I was really bad at early on in marriage. And um I've learned some tricks and tools over the years, gotten better at one of the tools I use a lot is open-ended questions. Yeah. Like yeah have a conversation rather than just deal with details. So it's yeah. ask a question like where do you see us in five years or how is it what's it like being a mom right now or how do you feel about your job that just those type of open-ended questions that allow a conversation to be more big picture and that kind of keeps us on the same page give us a common mission but all those lessons we learn along the way I feel like we have so many friends that just never learn the lesson they need to mm-hmm. learn and they just keep mm-hmm. hitting their head against the same wall over and over again. Do you kind of have a more general advice about how to improve? How do we grow? If I've got a if I'm bad at something mm-hmm. in my marriage, mm-hmm. how do we get better at it?
1: You know, I have for a couple decades now done marriage counseling and it and there's there's typically misunderstanding which results from miscommunication, right? So you dig into, you know, how do you communicate better? And you, you just listed a phenomenal one, right? Yeah. The open-ended questions and that. I have kind of stopped teaching couples to try to communicate better though. Mm. I have, I have switched to asking them to, to think about it this way. How can you be a better listener? How can you be a better active listener? Yeah, If you can listen better, then you'll communicate better. Most communication problems are all about you didn't listen. Yeah. What well, your questions that you just listed there, they're ways for you to be an active listener for her. Yeah. Right? Because your tendency maybe was before that to talk or or think and solve just run problems. solve, right? Yep. Not actually hear her. So you've you've disciplined yourself to be an active listener. Yeah. It really great communicators are great listeners mm-hmm. and then their communication flows out of that yeah. so stop listen hear
0: ask those are you, what what, what yeah, and i say, feel right? like you have um there's a difference in the way people it's kind of like when you were a kid and your mom would say are you even listening to me yeah. and you can rattle back what she said because yeah. in the back of your mind the words were entering yeah. somewhere yeah but the difference is when you're really listening to somebody you're your body language kind of shows it, your eye contact, you're nodding, you're agreeing or your posture. Um, I also feel like it's like in counseling, the thing that changed me as a counselor so much is digging into what somebody is telling me, not just sitting back and Mm -hmm. it's like active listening, like you were talking about, asking deeper questions. Explain that more. I don't understand that. Why did you say that or um, clarify that? Cause then it communicates, not only am I hearing you, but also I'm invested yeah. in what you're saying. Yeah. And I feel like that is, is yeah. are these ty- the type of lessons that you yeah. learned from somebody? Did somebody yeah. teach you these things or? Yeah, you know, I
1: recommend that every every marriage have a mentor couple mm. and you know, every marriage needs married person needs comrades, coaches and mentorship. And if a married com- comrade, coaches, comrades, coaches, and a mentor couple. Okay. And, and we can dig into that if you want, but, but the, the mentor couple typically is older, right? Typically, you don't have to be, but I, I don't think I've ever experienced it for somebody not being an older than that, than the couple. So an older couple who, who you can not just ask questions of, but you can see them enough and spend enough time with them that you see what they model. Mm. And for us, that was absolutely the case. We watched a couple that we had enormous respect for really listen well to each other, and they did. They were, you know, James quick to listen, slow to speak. They figured out how to literally do that in their relationship. And most couples have a talker and one that doesn't talk as much. And so the one who talks more has to be a little more of the aggressive listener, mm. but the one who doesn't talk as much. Sometimes just because we don't talk as much doesn't mean we'll listen any better. Mm-hmm. We're still doing what you said. We're still formulating our responses rather than digging into what a person's saying as they're talking, yeah. right? So quick to listen, so to speak, but it all be mentorship couple. Find yourself a couple who you're not going to find a perfect married person, right? But somebody who has fun together, who loves each other, has some common purposes, and they figured some things out and probably been married at least 15 or so years, right? Because they've gone through some ups and downs by the That makes all the difference. And spend time with them and schedule that time. Significant yeah, time. Intentional. Hang out with them.
0: Yeah. So the comrade coaches, comrade, I'm assuming that's like a life group couples yeah, so, that you can share.
1: Yeah, comrades are not necessarily people you're in relationship together as a couple with. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the healthiest things that my wife and I have learned to do is I have friends. M- most of them in my case are other guys that, that I, that I spend time with who, who build into me in ways that I don't have to expect my wife to do. She's not the one all for me, right? Like that's too much to lay on any particular person. I need a group of people in my life that are also helping me mature and grow in healthy ways. Typically, for me, that involves guys I exercise with or do, you know, some kind of. I hunt with guys. I do the things I do. She has a group too, yeah. and that has made an impact. So
0: comrades are are super key. And so I, I was thinking when you said that it have to be like we are friends with another couple. Yeah. The problem with that is the that's odds of finding uh, where you get along with him and she gets along uh, with her. That's an
1: exercise in futility. Yeah, if you get happens. one of those, yeah. thank, thank God over and over for that. Those yeah. are great. But, but I don't know that they they make a tremendous yeah. difference. Not as much as we think. Be blessed if you have one, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. No. What's the difference between a coach and a mentor? Yeah. So a coach is somebody you go to, they can be a counselor, uh, but there's somebody you go to, to, Increase your capacity and skill set in a specific area. Okay. So as a leader, I have somebody each year who pours into me on a specific area. As a married man, I have somebody who pours into me and coaches me on, it might be communication. Maybe I suck at that, right? I need. I really need to learn from you this year about communication. But whatever it is, I, I'm looking for people who will coach me and grow me in a specific area of yeah. my life regularly. But that person comes and goes. It's a different person every six months. A mentor is somebody that walks with me for quite a period of time, maybe my whole life, but at least for a few years. And I just they model and we set together and we ask questions that's different than a coach who who I go to for a specific skill set development kind of thing
0: my wife and i were greatly impacted by uh some mentors when we were first married mm. our marriage started off very hard because okay. we got married and within a few months Darcy's mom was diagnosed with uh, oh. a cancer that killed her quickly after that oh man and so I, when we first got married, I was like, is our marriage just going to constantly have this cloud of sadness over it? Like yeah. I, I did not like marriage in yeah. the beginning of it. I was yeah. like, well, let's go back. Cause it was just <laughs> sad all the time and bad things kept happening and our church uh, plan was failing and, um, and I don't know if we could have made it through that season without a couple coaches mm-hmm. who were, or uh, sorry, mentors mm-hmm. who were kind of helping, probably mentors and coaches, mm-hmm. um, who were kind of helping us through that process. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. have you seen much about couples, h- how couples can support each other in, in difficult times? And yeah. is it mostly just yeah. reaching from the outside or is there a way that we can help each other in that morning process or? Yeah. I think, Mourning
1: well together until you've completely healed is something almost no couple does. Mm-hmm. And most of the, so there's two stages of of uh, two moments when when couples get divorced one is early in a marriage when whatever and that can be a whole bunch of issues another is is later in a marriage though maybe there's this empty nest age or slightly yeah. before that and often those breakups happen because there was trauma early in somebody's marriage yeah and <clears throat> they never took time to mourn it and heal from that well, mm. and the, the woundedness and the scars from that bleed into other things, and by the time they're 52, they're done. Wow. They're done. They've stopped being married for maybe two or three years, and they finally... You, maybe it's a miscarriage. Maybe it's, it's, it's a form of an affair. Maybe it's a death. A trauma in that way. A child, you know, uh, goes off the deep end, or that uh, it could be any number of things, right? You experience these traumas, and what we do is we're sad for a moment. Maybe we seek counseling once or twice. We we, we weep together a little bit. We but we go to work on Monday, right? Right, and then we go to work on Tuesday, and then we kind of it's just easier not to talk about it, and we heal a little bit and you know depending on but but we we never get to 100 percent. it's yeah. always there it's always in the background we never really dealt with it we never went away together and took it serious and took a break and dealt with it and if you don't do that that's like a, a weed that's growing right yeah. and at first it's no big deal you, you kind of you manage it and then it seems to be forgotten for a little bit it never goes away it just keeps growing and boom
0: it gets you i think potentially i've misdiagnosed something because that's what we've seen a tremendous number of of divorces have happened right before uh a couple's kids leave the house yeah it's like right before that empty nest stage Mm -hmm. marriages seem to Mm -hmm. fall apart i've always blamed a lack of purpose Cause for so long couples purpose were their kids mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everything that we're doing everything yeah. that we have in common is our kids mm-hmm. and as soon as they see an end to that purpose as because the kids are yeah. leaving the house they don't have that yeah. shared meaning that shared yeah. purpose in their lives and so that the marriage kind of falls apart because it was built on mm-hmm. that Mm-hmm. I've always kind of talked about how your purpose needs to be something bigger yeah. than just raising kids, but you're yeah. saying there's more to it than just yeah. Often, a lack often of there's purpose.
1: woundedness from from way back that you just kind of trudge through. Yeah. and it's a combination sometimes, right? You trudge through because you knew for the kid's sake or for this sake or for that sake or you you know, but you reach a point where it's not enough anymore. Yeah, and so uh, so uh, you you mentioned before. The fact that when you were first married, mentorship and and a mentor couple made a huge difference. Here's something that I see as it relates to that, just jumping back. And that is that there are certain stages in our life when we're more open to mentorship than others. And often a couple first married if they have a mentorship couple, as long as that mentorship couple doesn't lord it over them, you know, doesn't always be wiser than thou and telling them advice, giving them advice they don't want. That's why it's so hard to find a mentor, because a lot of people want to give advice, right? Yep. Those are oh, yeah. a dime a dozen. Yeah. People who you have to kind of pull advice out of who are supervised those people are pretty rare. Yeah. But if you find one, it's usually early in life, right, that you're open to that. But then you get to where you're like, 42 48 early 50s maybe and it's a little bit like we should have this figured out by now we probably there's probably no more answers really it's just not going to work or it is going to, you know you you're you're less open to mentorship and that's probably again one of those moments you need it the most yeah right you need somebody maybe in their 60s who 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 again doesn't just give you. Problem with people in their 60s and 70s is they like to tell a lot of stories and give a lot of advice. And right. I don't mean to be offensive, but it's sometimes it's hard to find that mentorship couple. But if you can find that couple who you, who, who you have to kind of draw wisdom out of, but they have real wisdom. Yeah. Boy, don't give up mentorship just because you're getting in that 40 age or early 50s. That's when you maybe need it the most. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I. <laughs> You know, we, we are starting to talk now about apprenticeship marriages. Yeah. You talk about this purpose thing. Uh <laughs> couples, you, your first purpose is to sort of banish loneliness, right? Yeah. You want to have fun with somebody. So yeah. you get married, you fall off. kind
0: of selfish. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then you have kids and and then they're they're a tremendous purpose, yeah. right? The the for centuries, couples shared vocation Hmm. and, and, and more than just kids together, right? You, 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 you built the farm or you built the business or you, Built the church, or you there was there was other shared purpose, and you learned together, and you grew together, and you passed it on to each other what you were learning. You passed on your kids. Your kids were in the family business or the family farm or whatever. There was this whole shared purpose thing, and 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 even kids, it wasn't when they left home. It wasn't as big a deal because they probably still stayed in the family business or the family farm or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Now we're we're so scattered, except for the the raising of the kids and and couples that are thriving these days whether it's it starts maybe with a hobby and then a side hustle but maybe it's a business or a career kind of thing the families that have bigger shared purpose they do apprenticeship family they're they're together and they're passing something on to generations grandkids even i
0: feel like in marriage counseling so often i have the conversation of or the, the dumb fight of, I'm doing more than she is around the house or yeah. I'm doing all the cooking and she's not picking up around the house or whatever, it is, like the silly fights. Yeah. But usually in those conversations, I come back to, there's just a lack of, we are a team accomplishing a goal together. Yeah. There's so much just trying to figure out who's doing their fair yeah. share. Yeah. And it's obvious that they're not, they don't have this shared apprenticeship, yeah. um, this mission, this yeah. goal. Yeah, I'll play a clip now from, uh. One of the most beloved persons on our planet okay uh is <laughs> michelle obama oh sure yeah
2: right if i look oh. over my marriage if i were to judge it in year five or year ten There was never 50-50. Somebody was always giving way more. Someone always needed a different kind of thing. You have to evolve with it. Um, And so, yeah, there were times when I felt like I was 70% in and he was doing 30% um, because of the choices that I made in the terms of how I wanted our family to look. I had to take my foot off of my career gas pedal, uh, never putting on the brake, but slowing up a little bit. Those the natural compromises that are required. And I feel bad when I see young people giving up on their relationships mm-hmm. because there's there are periods of hard. So I think it's important for us to be honest in those conversations, not to glamorize what a partnership feels like, because then uh, young people quit too soon.
0: Hmm. I feel like that's practical advice. And I've heard regularly lately this Statement. It's kind of meme that goes around on Facebook. It's like a good marriage is not two people giving fifty percent. It's two people giving a hundred percent. I'm like yeah. that makes. That, that sounds good and it feels good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the math ma- mathematics side of me wants to be like, well, that doesn't work mathematically. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> like, yes. there's so many jobs that have yeah. to be done. Yeah. And how are we gonna split it up? And, yeah. and that is a complicated conversation to have, especially yeah. when you've got, well, she works and he's a stay at home dad, or yeah. he works and she's managing an online business yeah. or like this, balancing work and life yeah. and kids and activities. And we've got a million sports and hobbies and church and all this stuff. Like, yeah. if, if you're struggling with that, I get, I mean, yeah. that's because it's terribly hard. Yeah, And the only way for a couple to be successful is for both of them to just say, I'm not going to compare.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to figure out who's doing more. I'm not going to do that math. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do everything I can i'm going to work my tail off because that's what it takes right now in life Mm -hmm. i'm going to do what's necessary to accomplish what we've been called to together on our mission do you have any advice about kind of how to manage the work-life balance and all that Uh, that's hard first of all
1: no matter i mean that's practical advice what you said about team is a really good thought but nobody no couple has ever been married and not had a struggle on this right like you're 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 both setting in your recliner at night with your favorite show and you realize you forgot to take the dumpster to the road mm-hmm. and the the truck's coming before you know at 5 a.m in the morning one of you's got to drag that dumpster through the snow yeah for us it's a kid screaming in bed
0: daddy yeah. or mommy there you go
1: okay who's gonna who's go who's gonna to- do <laughs> it, you you can you know, spiritualize this, philosophize this. However, you want to try to, you know, hundred. Everybody's hundred percent. But who's going to get up out of that chair and get, you know, get that? Somebody's right? got to do it. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. And and it's it's in those moments where we're like, you know what? I did all the work today around here. Uh, he, she, it's their turn to do some. Yeah. Uh, and and so I I do all you can. I think that applies to maybe seventy percent of the people I'm talking to. Like, don't compare. Yeah, just just sacrifice and go for it, and 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 share in this, and don't worry about whether it's fifty or forty nine. You go through ups and downs, just like she was saying. However, there's thirty percent of the folks probably hearing this, who frankly are in a situation where she doesn't do anything or yep. he doesn't do anything. Yep. And 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 so part of this is is being willing to have the hard boundary conversations too for some of you. You know, it's it's hey, let's sit down and talk about this. Yeah. So it you know marriage this is it's so tough because it, it's so contextual on this. But but uh, I I agree completely with what you're saying. It do do all you. It's interesting. She mentioned this uh, this season idea. I find this more and more, you know, it used to be that our jobs were all like Monday through Friday, nine to five. Yeah. And you could sort of schedule everything and make a list like this will be your chores. This will be my chores. And 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 this is when you'll do them. Now our lives are so different than that. They're 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 so less sort of structure to them right we work in different places many work from home or on the road the schedules and there's seasons with that there's seasons when i like there's seasons when i work 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. and i don't do much and then there's seasons when i work way less than that and i can do so it, it goes back to your kind of your heart to serve
0: your spouse right i i Um, early on in my marriage, I had an experience on this conversation that I, I will never forget this conversation. I was sitting in my dining room in a first house we ever owned, just married. And I was sitting at the dining room playing cards with my sister-in-law and Darcy was over at the, uh, sink doing dishes. And she, my sister-in-law leaned over to me and she said, you're not going to be one of those husbands that makes the wife do all the housework. Right. And. That wouldn't have meant as much to me if it wasn't for the fact that there was a little truth to it. Oh yeah, like I think that was that was yeah. true. A yeah, uh, little yeah. hope there. Yep. <laughs> uh, second okay. of all, she was in the middle of my sister in law was in the middle of a divorce. Uh, and it was a painful divorce, and so she, she was speaking from the emotions of the fight yeah. she was having in her life. Yeah. And it kind of hit me like a ton of bri- bricks, and in that moment, I decided, okay, I'm not going to be that. I'm mm. not going to do that. I'm going to yeah. make sure that I'm carrying my weight and um and yeah, the, the seasons have changed so much dramatically yeah. since you have kids yeah. and you're both working full-time jobs and all that stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. But the the mentality of I am going to do everything I can mm-hmm. has to come from all of us and the reality mm-hmm. is we had a lot of lazy people out here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of lazy yeah. married people yeah. who are not carrying the not weight. Carrying weight. So yeah. I think all of yeah. us have this natural tendency to Think we're doing more than we actually are. Yeah, I usually uh, exaggerate how much I'm doing in my yeah. mind, yeah. and I diminish how much she is doing in my yeah. mind. So I have to assume that I'm going to think I'm going to do seventy percent. Yeah, I'm going to do seventy percent because that probably means I'm actually doing fifty. You might be doing fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we got to f- yeah. figure out our tendencies yeah. and our temptations yeah. in that conversation.
1: Yeah. So do you do you have a division of labor? Yeah. Uh, whether it's informal or formal, kind of.
0: My wife and I have gotten really good at divide and conquer. Okay. Like, when we've got a new task, especially here at the church, it's like we don't even have, we've been married long enough. We don't even have to have a conversation. Yeah. Who's going to do what? I know what she's good at. She knows what I'm good at. We can show up on a job site yeah. and just make it happen. Yeah. Um, but that's entirely just because we know both of us are going to work our tails off to make sure. Yeah that whatever needs to get accomplished gets accomplished. But yeah. early on in our marriage, we did have to create lists. Yeah. We did have to say, you do dishes, I do laundry, you do vacuuming, I yeah. do whatever, yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. Now it's it's just become, what yeah. are you good at? What am I good at? We believe God put us together for a reason and we compliment right. each other well. And it's, what about you guys? Yeah,
1: well, you know, similar. Yeah. Early in our marriage, we, we had to talk through and, and get a specific list. And, and sometimes I think couples actually need people to help them with that yeah. because, you know, sometimes it's one person that's a real go-getter with chores and one that's not. But sometimes it's two people. Like you said, neither of them want to do any of the chores, yep. right? Or, or whatever. So sometimes early on, create so there's not resentment that builds up, create yeah. that. But then over time, it's usually at about that 15-year mark. You start to settle in and trust and you're on the same team, uh, and, and if you can fight for that moment, then you settle in and you just can trust, hey, I know this is hard, but he does this. I know this is hard, but she does this, and I don't think about that as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I think early on, sometimes it can be important to say, hey, I'm willing to do even more than my share,
0: but, but let's set down so there's not resentment that builds up. I wanna come back to something you said about um, the apprenticeship idea. Do you have any advice for people who find themselves in a place where they're them and their spouse are at a disagreement about what should be our goals what should mm-hmm. be our tasks what mm-hmm. what are we going to give ourselves to what are we going to give our energy to mm-hmm. um i feel like so often um, people are getting married people who get married in their early 20s have no idea yeah what they're going to be doing 30 years from there mm-hmm and Mm. to assume that you're going to have all this decided before you get married that we're going to be heading in the same direction with the same passions and he wants to live in a warm climate she wants to live in a hot climate or or a cold climate or whatever it is it's like things come up where you're just like we're at a crossroads Mm -hmm. we don't agree Mm -hmm. on a big question do you have Mm -hmm. advice for people that Mm -hmm. find themselves at that Mm -hmm. how how do they come to agreement on those big questions well i
1: (sighs) That's hard. Mm -hmm. The problem is now you're typically the, what you're talking about is you're a little older, right? So you're not, you know, when we're 22, it's easy to change our mind. You know, one day we can be all fired up about, Save this, do this, and then the next day, right? Yeah, that was yesterday, right? Yep. But by the time we get to like say, say my age, you kind of you've kind of decided whether you like to live in warm weather or cold weather. You know, you've kind of made some decisions, you change your mind, but not as easily. I I, I would back up, and uh, say one thing, but like that's why it's so critical that in your life as a married couple. You're doing your best to worship together mm. on a regular basis, to read some of the same things, to go some of the same places, to hang out with some of the same people. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, then you'll get to 43 years, 44. 40- eight years old Mm. and you will have vastly different hopes for the rest of your life. That's really good. So, so do that because what, and I'll answer the best way I think to face that,
0: but I just want to acknowledge that's a great question. It's hard. I want to pause there too because I feel like that's what creates that common sense of purpose yeah. is the the experiences you've had yeah. is what leads you toward that yeah. and if you've had those experiences together yeah. then you have have fantasized about and and dreamed about yeah. the same things because you've had the same experience of experiences that have led you to those dreams so
1: absolutely like I'll counsel helpful. those couples and for the previous 10 years before that moment that you're talking about right they've been they've been watching completely different YouTube videos yep right they've been hanging out with completely different people reading yep different books, et cetera. And that has led them to a, to a path in their mind. That would be great, but it's totally different than in her path or his path. Right. So helpful. I, and, and, but it helps us understand what you do when you get there. Mm-hmm. What you're going to have to do, you're not, you can't set down, you know, rock, paper, scissors and figure that out. You yeah. can't go to a counselor for a couple months and he or she like brings you together and shared purpose. Uh, no Play poker and the chips are your exactly, dreams. <laughs> yes, right. There's just none of those things are going to work. And it's, it's funny. People try all those yeah, things, brilliant. right? Like uh, that's absolutely it. The, what's, you have to go back and do what you did not do. Yeah, you have. So so if, you know, if she wants to, yeah, live in Vegas and he wants to live in Alaska, you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to go back and say, we're going to delay as much as we can this decision for. A period of time. Mm-hmm. As you know, as far as we can. And and we're gonna we're gonna go down these roads with each other. So you wanna do this? I wanna understand why. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna read some things. I wanna go visit. I wanna experience. If you wanna maybe you wanna give your life to being a missionary in Africa mm. or uh saving the well, you know, I'm gonna learn about that. I'm I, I pledge to un- try to understand why did you love that? Like you wanna. You can't stand Wyoming anymore because it's so cold and you want to move to Arizona. Let's go spend a couple of weeks there and see what life would be. There's an openness on my part to that. And you with me. Yeah. Like we, we're going to go to Alaska and go fishing for a summer. You're going to see why I want to do that. Right. You, you, you have to rewind, pledge to your commitment to each other. And then see if you can find something shared. Don't just try to ha- haggle that out,
0: yeah. hash that out. I feel like pray that out. Even we spiritualize it, don't you're not going to pray yeah. that out. Yeah, I feel like you. You there is going to be some compromising that's sure. going to have to happen at sure. some point. You you say okay, you want warm, I want hot. We're going to yeah. have to find yeah. or cold, whatever. We're going to have to find somewhere in the middle so everybody mm-hmm. ends up living in California. I yeah. don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> That's another problem. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so you you come to compromise mm-hmm. and I feel like this is a very critical conversation because it can lead to a division. It really One can. says I'm going one way. Yeah. When I first started doing marriage counseling, I assumed that all the counseling I would be doing would be about how to communicate better and how to uh, share responsibilities more. But turns out most of the counseling I've been doing is trying to heal a marriage after an affair. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. tons of that. Like. Mm-hmm so much of counseling is people who had an affair mm-hmm. and a wound is created mm-hmm. pain pain happens and it's mm-hmm. it's. Um, there's more to it than just small little i, yeah. I want to play another clip yeah that sure I think will help us
2: i had an older lady tell me she's i think just past 40 and her husband i think is like in his late 30s like maybe like 41 and 39 they've been married for a while i was talking with her about some problems we were having our marriage and she said joyce what it sounds like to me is that your issue is is that you are married to a real man and a real man is not going to be ruled by a woman And that hit me like a ton of bricks and it immediately came to my mind when I was reading this excerpt. When she says, don't go down the path of expressing criticism, disapproval, and an ultimate lack of acceptance for your husband because it may cause rebellion, she's telling the truth. A real man is not going to allow himself to be a pushover to the woman he has chosen.
0: I feel like we could take that video and just replace man for woman and yep. like apply yep. it both directions. Yeah, a real woman. Yep. yep. My wife regularly talks about how she she tries to keep me from having an affair by giving me the things that I would be searching for other places. Mm. And not to just talking sexually but mm-hmm. um she talks about how if i'm receiving affirmation more from somebody else than from her yeah i'm going to be drawn more to that person that's giving me affirmation yeah. if i'm if if somebody else is praising me and she's not if somebody else is appreciating me and she's not yeah. i will be drawn to that person that's showing that appreciation so she says sure. i need to make sure that i am the positive mm-hmm. that mike is drawn to mm-hmm. rather than the negative that pushes him away mm-hmm. and so I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's helpful advice when we talk about what is going to save our marriage when we yeah. a- approach these crossroads and and yeah. look at like a debate do you have any other advice for people to avoid affairs or um these big problems that usually lead to divorce? You know, um you just hit it on the head I think is the main thing so
1: <clears throat> sometimes my spouse is the person who I argue with chores about, mm-hmm. and who maybe critiques this. And the person at work, I just mainly have fun conversations with. Yeah. And in my case, she, you know, she says I'm good at stuff, and uh, if I forgot to trim my beard, she doesn't mention it. Yeah. Right. And so it's you, you've really hit on something there. Uh, if you haven't had an affair yet. And you're married. Thank God, and take it real seriously because you're right. That yeah. is such a huge deal. It's not just sexual affairs, right? It's yeah. it's other ways that we can lust after somebody. But I I if if asked the question by a couple, how do we sort of a fair proof our marriage? I start with what you just said because yeah. that's that's really really wise. I also. Don't underestimate your own capacity to do wrong. Yeah. Right. So I absolutely love my wife mm-hmm. deeply. I don't want to hurt her. And I am very attracted to her. I can't imagine having an affair, but if I if if I go through my day thinking I'm not capable, uh, yep. I'm mistaken. Yep. I'm mistaken. You and I have done this long enough to know that many affairs started with somebody who was very blindsided and they just did not have enough guards set up. What guards do you have set up? Yeah. Like like what what uh, mutual accountability? What are ways that you do. I just you you, you never want to underestimate your
0: capacity to do this. Yeah, you said uh if you haven't had an affair yet, I thought you were going to say don't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. 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 Like, Agreed.
0: That doesn't have good out- it, right. you usually get caught. You yeah. just um yeah. but yeah boundaries in our in my life have played such an important role because Mm -hmm. i've seen the people who fall into temptation and end up dealing with the great pains of life are people who did not create boundaries that kept them from falling into those things Mm -hmm. and so i i still to this day since i was in college have covenant eyes on my every electronic device that I have Darcy gets a screenshot of every single thing that I do on my phone. Um, so I think pure, just total transparency. Yeah. Hide nothing. Don't lock doors. Don't like there should be you, you are two people becoming one. Mm -hmm. There should be no separation there that the ideal marriage is that two people are one person Mm. become one person in marriage and that's more metaphorical than it is in reality but um if that's metaphorically true then there should be no secrets there should be nothing hidden and so we have worked really hard to make sure that um there's a window in my office door that Mm -hmm. in traveling she can track my phone and know where i am at all times and who i'm with and what's Mm. happening like it can't just be Mm -hmm. um I'll let transparency happen when it happens to happen. Mm-hmm. For us, it is, we will go out of our way yeah. to be transparent. We will yeah. go out of our way to make it uncomfortable so that we're more transparent yeah. and accountable. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's become a huge part of our marriage.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you, uh, you just don't underestimate your capacity. That's fantastic. That's, uh, I wish, I wish in my marriage, we would have been more intentional about that early on Yeah, because. While it did not end up being an affair, there would be times where there was like a sense of doubt. Right. And even that then leads to other problems. Yep. Right. And it, when you have that accountability, there's just there's this this clarity of trust that just gets built
0: cuz our minds can run wild oh, with assumptions oh, or ass- yeah. thinking they're doing something that they're not yeah. judging them yeah. for actions they didn't even take yep. and so yeah we got to be and no uh, many affairs start with one who felt like the other
1: one was doing something right so they did something yep. And it just, uh, it's, yeah. it's, if you can just, if you can just take out all the ambiguity around those yep. issues. Transparency it, yeah. allows
0: us to not have uh, miscommunication, so. Yeah. Well, if you heard something today that uh, you think will help you in your relationships, my advice to you would be take steps, like make a plan yeah. now. If yeah. I don't have a mentor, uh, then I need to have one. If I don't have a coach, then I need to have one. Yeah. Don't just finish the podcast and think, oh, that was good advice and move on make a plan to make it happen and i think in all of these things it's not going to happen naturally you've got to be intentional to make sure that you adopt these uh this advice and whatever advice you hear in life you have to make a plan to adopt the advice into your actual habits so that's that's where i would go from here if i were you great awesome hey you should know that jesus loves you unconditionally and he died to give you new life thanks for joining us today